Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! Grizzlies, Bobcats, Vikings, Eagles. Oh, my. We have all sorts of Big Sky Conference coverage for you. Welcome in. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Thanks so much for tuning in with us here today on your Wednesday. I appreciate you. No matter if you're listening or watching or streaming, you can always find us here on 102.9 ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television and the ESPN Montana app. Appreciate you. Uh, for being here, and uh, fun show for you today. We're going to get things started off with, I uh, guess, what's becoming a weekly occurrence, and uh, we're happy about it, and uh, I know he likes coming on here with us as well. Sam Herter, Hero Sports, Bet MGM. He'll join us to talk around the FCS landscape about a month into the season and uh, get us set up for Big Sky Conference play, which opens up for pretty much every team uh, in the league on the football side of things. Uh, on Saturday, we're also going to hear from Montana State head coach Brent Vegan as part of our Montana State Minute. We'll get you a little preview of Grizz hockey. We've been talking a lot of Grizz hockey, but here we are now uh, closing in on it. Just nine days away from the Grizz hockey opener, September 30th. That's a Friday. University of Providence in town. So we'll uh, talk a little bit about this Grizz team and uh, just sort of the, the interesting tidbits and and the way that they're operating, the way that they're doing this thing. Uh, outside the scope of an athletic department, I actually think uh, is, or at least could be, a premonition of the future of what college athletics, at least in certain realms, certain sports, and certain sizes of schools, might look like. So we'll talk a little bit about that uh, as well. And as we will have uh, all fall and all winter long, our Grizz Hockey uh, segments, 
in our just hockey in general segments. We'll be brought to you by the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. So we got some wings for you uh, from the Despo about 445. So stay tuned for that. 406-888-1029 is the number you're going to want to remember. Top of the hour, uh, like we do each Wednesday, it's our ESPN Roundtable, our long-form interview for the week. John Johnson, he's the uh, athletic director at Portland State. I was on the PSU campus last week. Got a chance to meet JJ, uh, but also did not uh, interview him. Uh, but I wanted to just talk about the state of athletics at Portland State. The Vikings are coming to Montana on Saturday. And I just, I just am interested in this guy's vision because we know the disadvantages at Portland State. Uh, certainly. It's hard to be in a huge media market like Portland and not be one of the great uh, stories within that market. Now, if Portland State was had more success in football or maybe even men's basketball, could they break through? I don't know. What is the future? Where does Portland State sit, though, in the scope of athletics in the state of Oregon, in the Big Sky Conference? What is the football future at Portland State? I can't wait to, to ask John Johnson about these things. He's a guy that's been around the Big Sky, played his college football first at Montana State for Sonny Lubick and then at Eastern Washington for Dick Zorns. And uh, so he's got a football background. He understands the tradition of this league. And uh, being a football guy, I would imagine that he wants football to prevail there at Portland State. What are his strategies to make that happen? We'll, we'll ask him. We'll talk about it. We also have some Grizz tickets for you. It's homecoming this weekend. Portland State in town. 2 p.m. kick there Saturday, Washington Grizzly Stadium. Uh, so we'll be giving you some Grizz homecoming tickets here uh, in just a little while. Uh, actually, about, about 5.30 we'll do that. We'll also talk some Grizz football. Myself and Andrew Houghton will talk. And we have our Grizz Star of the Week, and this week it is Aaron Fonts. Here's the deal with the, the uh, Grizz Star of the Week, though, when it's a wide receiver. Uh, the wide receivers at Montana, they, they like to stay late. They like to sit there on the jugs machine and uh, put in the extra work, and we're not going to take them away from that. But they usually get done about 5.30 with practice. We usually have our Grizz Star of the Week on about that time. But Aaron Fonts will probably be working for an extra 10, 15, 20 minutes. Not sure uh, how long that'll be. So sometime between 5.30 and 6 o'clock, the end of this show, we'll hear from Aaron Fonts. And if we by chance don't get him, that's okay. We'll take you home talking Grizz football. We'll record with Aaron right after the show, and uh, then we'll we'll play it tomorrow. So either way, you'll hear from Aaron Fonts sometime in the next Let's call it uh, 25 and a half hours. So there you go. It's your show outlook. It's presented by Brent Wahlberg and the Wahlberg team. The Wahlberg team, the official realtors of Grizz Athletics. Any and all real estate questions you might have in Western Montana, give Brent and his team a call today. We're coming to you through the ESPN Montana studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. Again, if you want to be a part of the show, got great prizes for you coming up. Desperado Wings and Grizz football tickets. 406-888-1029. Remember that when I prompt you, but also you can call or text that number anytime if you want to be a part of the conversation. Appreciate all the good feedback we've been getting in on the text line. So if you'd like to be a part of the show, 888-1029, shoot us a text and let us know how you're feeling. Let us know what you're thinking about the wide world of sports around the state of Montana. You can also always stream the show on the ESPN Montana app as well as on our station website, 1029ESPN.com. So head on over there uh, if you need uh, a, a way to listen to this show or ESPN Radio in general uh, on uh, your various mobile apps. By the way, uh, any and all callers and texters, uh, they will join us via the Rangish Brothers RV phone line, which is where we go now. And welcome in a uh, good friend of this show, Sam Herter from Hero Sports and Bet MGM. 
Uh, he covers the FCS on a national level. And uh, now conference play is upon us, my man. So, uh, first of all, how you doing? What's going on? I'm doing good. appreciate you having me back on and talking some FCS football. And, yeah, it's been it's been a, a pretty fun first three weeks of the season, but I think things are going to get really fun now with conference play uh, starting up. Well, I think that one thing that we've been talking about, and I've been uh, bemoaning the fact, only because that's just what I do, is that uh, in the big sky with the, the regionality of the league, it's very tough to get uh, good non-conference games against FCS opponents. And we only saw a, a smattering of them. You know, UC Davis, South Dakota State comes to mind. North Dakota, um, NAU comes to mind. NAU, Sam Houston comes to mind. But most of the rest of the games around the big sky were either scheduled wins or scheduled paychecks. And uh, that's kind of just the state of affairs in college football right now. I'm not... Uh, foolish enough or naive enough to not understand why money makes the world go round in a college athletics and otherwise. But how much does that impact the way you analyze things, particularly when it comes to the big sky, Sam? I mean, it is kind of hard to just look at records and statistics right now and sort of peg a team. I think you have to have watched the teams. Weber State, for example, has been tremendous, but they've played two games that they were absolutely supposed to win, but they also won uh, their FBS game as well. But, I mean, it's more than just looking at the stat sheets and, and looking at the rankings, right? I mean, we, we haven't found out a lot about most of the teams in the Big Sky Conference. We'll start finding out this week, but what do you think of just analyzing these teams uh, right now given sort of the way that uh, scheduling works out west here in the FCS? Yeah, you have to watch the games and I think you also you kind of have to have a base level knowledge of the FCS where yeah you shouldn't look too much at what has happened in in, in the past years uh, but I do think there's some people that might say you, you shouldn't look at what happened last year at all it should only be what happens this year and this year only well if that's the case then Incarnate Word would be the number one team in the country and North Dakota State would be like the number five team in the country but the fact that we know even though NDSU hasn't beaten great FCS opponents we kind of know conventional FCS wisdom that North Dakota State is better than Incarnate Word. Kind of the same thing with Montana State. Uh, right? You know, they, they, their first two FCS opponents weren't all that great, but we still kind of know that Montana State defending national runner-ups, a lot of guys coming back, we kind of know, okay, this team is probably a bit better than a team like Chattanooga, who has maybe better FCS wins on paper, but Montana State would probably beat Chattanooga, you know, on a, on a neutral field. So, you kind of have to look at things that way instead of just saying, all right, this team has this many ranked wins, um, and you know this team competed against this FBS opponent this well. Um, you kind of have to have some, some base-level knowledge there, or else it is impossible to, to truly gauge how good teams are um, you know, just based off, of, based off of records. I mean, is a, is a, you know, a, a 3-0 Fordham team really better than a 1-2 Southern Illinois team? Probably not. Uh, so you got to kind of... Uh, watch the games and also just kind of have that base level FCF knowledge too. Well, we're going to come back to the Big Sky Conference, but let's talk about the rest of the country first. Uh, who among the teams that have been good or great early uh, has been the biggest surprise to you? Yeah, I think um, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Uh, you know, I, UIW is better than I expected. That's true. Uh, I think I. Yeah, I had them, I think, number 12. I was higher on them than some other voters, but I didn't expect them to be this good. Uh, I also think that Mercer is looking good. Chattanooga uh, is looking good. UND is, is better than 
maybe I expected them to be. Uh, I thought Weber State is, I knew they were going to be better than preseason expectations. I didn't expect them to look this good. And so I guess that is another team that I think uh, is, is, is better than what I maybe anticipated. It is interesting just looking at some of the top teams. Um, most of the teams that we thought were going to be good have been good, if not better than we thought they were going to be. But I think we, we kind of had it pinned uh, on a national level, on a big sky level. And it's the same thing in the big sky conference as we enter uh, conference play. Sam Herter, Hero Sports, joining us as well as uh, Bet MGM. appreciate Sam for uh, joining in for the second week in a row. We'll have him as often as we can uh, here throughout this football season. And, uh, you know, you look at the big sky, too. I mean, I think that when you look at the playoff teams from a year ago, Montana, Montana State, uh, Eastern Washington, UC Davis, and Sac State, and, and those five teams are still in the mix. Eastern is maybe the one that maybe is a, a notch down for where they were last year, but they're still, you know, a top 15 team in, in uh, the variety of rankings that you can draw from. And uh, then, though, it, it's who else is going to be uh, in the mix. Weber State, I think, has certainly... Re- uh, moved into that top tier, that that tier that is uh, inside track, at least at this point, just three games into the year uh, for one of the playoff spots uh, out of the Big Sky Conference. Uh, so we'll start with this, Sam. I, I know we haven't seen any conference games, uh, but we have seen only one league in the country have six playoff qualifiers out of it. That's the Missouri Valley Football Conference. And I think that the, the Missouri Valley will be strong again this year. But I'm wondering, is there a future, an immediate future, and could it even be this year that maybe the Big Sky is one of those teams, that, or one of those leagues, excuse me, that moves in? And, it, you know, forever it was the league's going to get three teams, and if it was a good year, they'd get four. Now I think they're set at four, and if it's a good year, they might get five. Could a good year, though, depending on how the schedules play out and the, the conference season plays out, is there a realm of possibilities where the Big Sky could get six this year? I, I doubt it. I, I don't think this year, you know, in future years, it is possible uh, just because there is uh, kind of a thought out there that the Big Sky might be the best conference in the FCS now as far as uh, they might not have, you know, the top team, uh, you know, like, like a North Dakota State. But as far as the depth, the Big Sky has a great argument to be a stronger conference than the Missouri Valley Football Conference. Uh, will that result in six bids this year? I don't think so just because – a lot of that has to do with non-conference records where if you're a big sky team and you're two and one or even three and zero heading into conference play, and then you go, you know, at, you know, five and three or four and four in conference play and you hit seven division one wins that automatically puts you on the playoff radar. And, and I don't know if I see six teams, uh, you know, having that playoff resume, are there six teams good enough to make the playoffs? Probably but I, I have a hard time seeing Eastern Washington getting to seven wins. I think Portland State and Idaho both are pretty good, but they are they already have two losses in the non-conference, uh, both coming to FBS opponents, which FBS losses don't punish you, but that means you don't have Division One wins, obviously. Uh, same thing with Northern Arizona. You know, they're one and two right now uh, heading into conference play, and so at least going six and two gets them on the radar. That's going to be tough to do so you just look at the records now it's hard to see six teams that will make it in uh, I do think you'll see most likely Montana Montana State obviously I think Weber State will be there uh, as well uh, then you can look at UC Davis uh, as probably the teams that have a good chance to make it in and then Sac State as well so I think those are probably like the five teams you're looking at and then after that I think it's gonna be hard for a team like Eastern Washington or Northern Arizona kind of that next tier 
in Idaho, Portland State, that next tier, that record-wise, it's going to be tough for, for a six-team to get in. Now, there might be room. Uh, I think the A-Sun WAC was looking like a two-bid league. I think that's only a one-bid league this year. I, I highly doubt the Missouri Valley Football Conference will get six total bids in. I don't even know if they'll get five total bids in because you look at North Dakota State, South Dakota State, Missouri State, UND. After that, South Dakota looks down. Southern Illinois looks down. Uh, Northern Iowa looks down. But So that's one less bid from the, from the Missouri Valley, but the SoCon is looking better. The CAA, even without James Madison, there's been some teams that have stepped up, and so there might be extra bids uh, going that way. And so long story short, there's only 13 at-large bids to go around. I don't know if, if the Big Sky will take five of those at-large bids to get six total bids in. Nuwana is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN Montana app. Sam Herder joining us. He is a, a senior FCS analyst for Hero Sports and BetMGM, talking all the way around uh, the national landscape of FCS football. We'll talk about the big sky before we break down some of the matchups that are upcoming this week. What what did you think was the most impactful win uh, in the big sky in the non-conference in terms of fortifying playoff resumes? Yeah, probably, probably Weber State's beating Utah State handedly. Uh, I think that's a huge resume booster. I'm trying to think of FCS versus FCS wins. Sac State Northern Iowa has to. Uh, no, Sac State Northern Iowa has yeah. to be in there, right? Yeah, the one that's that one comes to mind, and so does Montana, South Dakota. Sure. But like I said, Northern Iowa is 0 three right now, and so if they finish five and six, that's not really. I don't count that as a, as a ranked win uh, for Sac State, even even though even if Northern Iowa would have been ranked at the time of the game, if, if Northern Iowa finishes five and six and they're not in the playoff picture, it's still a good win for for Sac State, but it's not going to be all right. Sac State has this many ranked wins. Northern Iowa is one of them, just because you and I fell off. Same thing with Montana, South Dakota. Uh, that's still a quality win, but if South Dakota, who has a brutal schedule, South Dakota is you know three and three and eights or four four and seven or whatever also in hindsight that that victory isn't as good uh for montana as far as just a playoff resume booster and so i i would say that weber state utah state one right now is looking like the best non-conference win as far as you know just j- just wins that the playoff committee will look at and say all right there that's a really good win right there maybe maybe weber state does deserve the you know the whatever the, the sixth seed or whatever it might be well, let's talk about some of the matchups this weekend. Then, uh, when when you look at the Big Sky Conference schedule, uh, the Montana schools, Mo- Montana hosts Portland State for a homecoming date. The Vikings zero and two, but I think that they're uh, better than that. They just had to play two FBSs, let one slip away against San Jose State. Um, Montana State and Eastern Washington is a huge game uh, for both these teams, especially because they both gave up a seventy burger. I guess the Cats were two points short of that, but uh, the Oregon schools rolled up these two teams the last two t- times out for them. Uh, but then you also have uh, Weber State, UC Davis, Idaho, NAU. Uh, what do you look at? What what is uh, what's your favorite matchup this week, or what, what's the one that you think will have the, the most ramifications down the road? I think it probably is Montana State, Eastern Washington. Uh, that, that's the biggest one to me, uh, just because Eastern Washington. It, you kind of look at their schedule in the preseason, and you go, "Man, I, I don't even know if Eastern Washington is going to get to six wins. They might be five and six. But if Eastern Washington can get this win over Montana State, uh, that that really flips, uh, you know, how their season is looking. And then on the other sidelines, uh, Montana State is, you know, facing a, a lot of doubts, losing 68 to 28, I think it was, 
to Oregon State, but I, I pointed out a couple times this week that, hey, you know, a close FBS, you know, Missouri State, for example, almost beats number 10 Arkansas. Does that automatically make Missouri State a, a, a national title contender? Not necessarily. Does Montana State losing big to Oregon State all of a sudden mean that Montana State can't make a deep playoff run? Not necessarily, because you go back to 2018, and Eastern Washington lost like 59 to 21 or something like that to uh, Washington State. A very ugly loss, obviously, to a Pac-12 school. Eastern Washington still made a run to the national title game. And so I think this is a, a game where Montana State can win uh, and, and you know, have, show a good performance. That's going to make everyone forget about that Oregon State loss pretty quickly. And it's interesting that MSU is going back to Eastern Washington, uh, you know, back-to-back years going to the red turf. I would say that this is a good matchup for Montana State just because their secondary is experienced this year. Um, and, you know, it's kind of the, the same look secondary as last year. And they, for the most part, limited Eric Berrier last year. Um, and obviously Berrier isn't there anymore. And so you would say this is a pretty favorable matchup for Montana State, but at the same time, you know, rewatching that Oregon State game, I don't know what the what the defensive game plan there was, but that secondary did not look good. And so um, this is a good get-right game for Montana State to say, yeah, that was just a, a really bad game for us, and, and we're back to being a, a top-tier FCS team. Sam Herter joining us here on the Rankage Brothers RV phone line. You can find all his great coverage of the FCS uh, at large at heroesports.com. Uh one game that I'm going to have my eye on for sure is Idaho Northern Arizona because I, I do think that both those teams have some inward momentum. They have some momentum within their programs. Idaho with a new head coach uh, in Jason Eck, who got his first win last week over Drake, and Northern Arizona with a, a talented young core of offensive players led by R.J. Martinez, the quarterback who was the freshman of the year uh, in the big sky a year ago. And uh, Chris Ball stacked up a couple pretty highly regarded recruiting classes in a row as well. So you, you have to wonder when those are going to start to hit, if they do start to hit at all. But uh, North Dakota was um, – they beat Sam Houston and they were competitive against North Dakota uh, – Northern Arizona, excuse me, was uh, – they beat Sam Houston competitive against North Dakota last week. Uh, but also, you mentioned this, Sam, even though both these teams look improved – they're also both one and two. So at the same time, this could be a, a way to sort of give yourself some momentum going into the uh, meat of the conference schedule. But on the, on the other hand, the loser of this game is going to have three losses. So it's a big game if those teams want to be uh, even in the playoff conversation moving forward. Yeah, and this is why non-conference is, going back to our conversation at the beginning, why non-conference makes things very hard to gauge and judge because if you're Idaho, and I understand why, uh, you know, teams schedule FBS and all that, and uh, especially with Idaho, they had that big money game against Indiana. Uh, I believe a million-dollar payout because they schedule it back when they were still FBS. But if Idaho's non-conference this year was instead of two FBS opponents, they played Utah Tech and Sam Houston, you know, they could be 3-0 and right now and getting top 25 votes and people saying, oh, Idaho's back, Idaho looks like a playoff team. Well, because they're one and two, uh, and they beat a, a bad FCS team, and they they lost the two FBS teams. Idaho is kind of just not really paying it. Not not a ton of people are paying attention to them. Granted, they did compete very well uh, with some of those FBS opponents, and so maybe they are on the radar a little bit. And, and same thing with Northern Arizona. I uh, you know one and two right now, but you know I was watching that game against UND, and NAU should have won that game. Frankly, they they were up by a, a score with less than a minute left instead of pressuring the quarterback they went prevent defense and allowed 
15-yard pass, 20-yard pass, 8-yard pass, 15-yard pass. All of a sudden, in 30 seconds, UND's in scoring position. UND pulls out a, a trick play and, and takes the go-ahead score with under a minute left. And I'm just sitting there going, Northern Arizona, they're just letting these guys go right down the field. They should maybe try to blitz the quarterback, get the ball out of his arm a little, out of his hand a little quicker. And, you know, maybe if they would have done that, they would have gotten a win over a ranked UND team. You know, it, it's just like that, those close games like that. If, if Northern Arizona would have won, they would have been 2-1 and one with a ranked win. They would have been on everyone's radar. But since they lost that coin flip game, they're 1-2, and two, you know, maybe falling off the radar a little bit. And so that's just how things kind of go in the FCS. But you're right, you know, whoever wins this game uh, won't necessarily come fully on the national radar, but uh, the loser will go to 1-3. and three. That's going to be tough. And the winner is to 2-2 two and two and maybe building some momentum heading into Big Sky play. Two more for you. One, uh, I, I think that we keep talking about the, the way that this non-conference set things up, but that's also the scenario uh, for Weber State at UC Davis because um, Weber's 3-0. They did win their FBS game against Utah State. They drilled them 35-7. to UC Davis, I think, has looked very competitive, but they also happened to play Cal, a Pac-12 school, and South Dakota State in Brookings when South Dakota State was the number two team in the country. UC Davis did get their first win last week over San Diego, but uh, I guess the question is, is this a must-win for for UC Davis? Yeah, without their schedule in front of me, I would say that is you know a really important win for UC Davis. You know, to fall to one and three would be very difficult for them to, to come back from. Now, obviously, they can they can rattle uh, some. Some wins off, but anytime you fall to one and three, it's going to be very difficult, especially when, you know, that one win, I believe, is to is against San Diego, which is a non-scholarship right. opponent, so not necessarily a resume booster. But, yeah, this is, again, where it's hard to gauge teams because Weber State didn't even have their first Division One FCS win until this last weekend because they had a non-counter win. Uh, they had to schedule that game because James Madison got out of that home-and-home. Uh, then they beat an FBS opponent, which is obviously a huge resume booster. Uh, then they finally played a, a, an FCS team. And then for UC Davis, Power 5 team, uh, was neck and neck with with South Dakota State. They're a highly ranked team. Uh, and then beat a non-scholarship team. And so, like, you know, how good is UC Davis? How, how good is Weber State? I think they probably are close to being on par with each other, but I probably lean Weber State uh, a little bit. Uh, they look a, a little bit more of a, of a balanced team, but I, I still think UC Davis is good enough to make the playoffs. They might still be a top 25 team in the FCS, but if they're, if they do fall to one and three, it's kind of hard to put them in the top 25. And so a, a tough, tough start to the season as far as strength of schedule wise for UC Davis. Well, if UC Davis does start one and three, then they would feasibly, theoretically, have to go six and one down the stretch. The remainder of their schedule includes at Montana State on October first, uh, under the lights there, at Bobcat Stadium on ESPNU, uh, Northern Arizona coming to Davis at Northern Colorado against Cal Poly and against Idaho State at home. So you have a little opportunity to get rolling there with a month of games that you should be favored in. Then you're at Idaho uh, in the Kibbe Dome and at Sac State for the Causeway Classic. So uh, I think UC Davis's season will be defined these next two weeks if they can split them and then win out. Uh, I think they'll be in the mix in the playoffs. If they uh, can sweep them, uh, then they have an- another uh, probably game where they could falter and still be in the mix. But uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, as this thing uh, plays out over the next couple of months. Last thing for you then, Sam. Uh, I got a loaded question for you, and, and this is uh, basically to troll our good friends over at the Grizz Fan Pod. 
Who's better? <laughs> who's better, Portland State or South Dakota? Uh, um, it's closer than you think, right? They they were it's, it's they, closer than you think. They yeah. think South Dakota is absolutely better than Portland State, and I was trying to tell them Portland State's pretty good. I mean, Portland State has four guys that landed on the preseason All Big Sky list. I mean, Anthony Adams is a multiple time All American there in the secondary. B.J. Mala was the best pass rusher in the mm-hmm. league, not named Daniel Hardy a year ago. And uh, nobody knows it because nobody tells their story over there at Portland State. But Bo Kelly won the Triple Crown in the Big Sky Conference uh, for catches, receiving yards, and receiving touchdowns last year. So, And they have a bunch of receiving depth as well. Uh, we'll see if they have any quarterback uh, play because they, they do have a new starter there with Davis Alexander moving on. But uh, it is it's even though South Dakota was a playoff team a year ago and Portland State was a not 500 team a year ago, it's closer than a lot of people are giving it credit for. Yeah, I think Portland State is a solid FCS team, and I don't know if South Dakota is as good as I thought they were going to be because they didn't compete at all against Kansas State. South Dakota didn't compete at all against Montana, which which is obviously a credit to the Grizz. Uh, but even their game against Cal Poly, they allowed like you know 400 yards, 500 yards of offense, and won by 17 or so points. Which I mean, Cal Poly is really struggling, and so. I would honestly probably lean Portland State a little bit there. Um, you know, Portland State, I mean, you mentioned Adams, you mentioned Valo, uh, Irmalo, a fantastic defensive lineman. Portland State might have the best wide receiving core in the big sky, maybe behind right. Eastern Washington. I'm thinking off the top of my head, but they got four dudes there. Um, Dagby, I believe, is back, who missed all of last yeah. season. But two, a few seasons ago, he was like an All-American caliber player. I believe he's back and healthy. And you mentioned Bo Kelly. Um, so they got a lot of weapons. Um, and so I think this is a very under-the-radar game nationally in the FCS because if – and I, I'm writing an article about this now, which I'll publish a little bit later. And in my opinion, Montana should win this game, even though I know Portland State has gone there before uh, to Missoula and gotten a win. But I think how Montana wins this game is going to tell us a lot. Because if Montana wins by 14 points, it's okay, yeah, yeah, that's a good win. Montana's looking good. But if Montana's truly an elite, top-tier, number-two team in the country, a team that is legitimately good enough to win a national title, then Montana should win this game by 28 points. If they, if they win by less than that, again, still a good win. But in my opinion, I think North Dakota State would dominate Portland State. Uh, I think South Dakota State would dominate Portland State. And so if Montana puts a dominating effort together, I think that shows us, okay, this team is not just great, but they are elite. And so it's a, it's a score in a, in a game that I'll definitely be paying attention to. There you go, Sam Herter, Hero Sports, Bet MGM. You can find all of his writing, including that article he just teased at Herosports.com. He'll join us as often as I can talk him into it throughout this football season. Sam, Appreciate it, as always, man. Great insight, and uh, we'll catch up with you soon. Sounds good. Thank you, sir. Sam's great at well, everything that he covers, but he's particularly great at the scheduling. Like, who's playing who, when, what's your strength of schedule, what quality wins do you have? Uh, he just has great acumen when it comes to that stuff. So I love uh, getting his insight and having him break it down, and uh, fun that Big Sky Conference play uh, is upon us. Duan is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN Montana app. I am Coulter Nuanez coming to you from the ESPN Montana studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. Time for our Montana State Minute. Brent Vegan, the head coach of the Bobcats, they're licking their wounds after a lopsided loss to Oregon State. How do they bounce back? What does he see in his team's matchup to open Big Sky play 
on the red in Cheney, Washington against the Eastern Washington Eagles. Brett Vegan will break it down with us on the Montana State Bennett next. Keep it right here. You want us now? ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. When it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice, and that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, We handle family law for clients, a ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days, and that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultilaw.com. It's new on is now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. It's a trippy song if you really listen to it. I went to the Bastille concert, uh, the second show of the year at the Kettle House Amphitheater, and uh, you know I, I knew a few of their songs, indie pop band. Thought it was going to be you know dance, dance, have good time. But their new album is so dystopian. It's so Black Mirror, and the uh, the show is very reflective of that. And you know, being how I am and who I am, uh, it made me love them. <laughs> I was jamming to that song all summer long. Well, welcome back. What's up, everybody? New on is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the new ESPN Montana app. Big Sky Conference play uh, begins this weekend. Portland State in Missoula to take on Montana. Montana State in Cheney, Washington to take on the uh, Eastern Washington Eagles. Five o'clock, we'll hear from Portland State Athletic Director John Johnson. He'll join us live. We also have our uh, Grizz Star of the Week coming up with Aaron Fonts in hour number two. Time now for our Montana State Minute. This week featuring Bobcat head coach Brent Vegan. It is presented by JV Restaurant Supply. JV Restaurant Supply is your home for everything kitchen. Whether you're a bear or a Bobcat, an Eagle or a Scotty, you can score big with JV. Everything you will need for your next tailgate or that big family party can be found at one, in, one of JV's great locations in Bozeman, Billings, and Great Falls. Can't make it in? JNV also has a pretty great reps- website at jvrestaurant.com. Here's Brett Vegan from earlier this week. Hey, Coach, a couple from me. Uh, first of all, there's always a broad narrative around replacing great quarterbacks, and you've gone through this, whether it was whoever came after Brock Jensen or whoever came after Carson Wentz. Uh, it seems like so much of it is this that guy being himself, though. So, I mean, what do you think of that scenario, particularly when it comes to Eastern Washington? Because this guy's not Eric Berrier, but uh, he can't be either, right? That's a great point. Yes, he's got to become the best best version of himself. And, and as a coaching staff and as a team, kind of figuring out what that is, that's challenging sometimes because I think you've had a guy like they have for so many years, you everything you do is kind of modeled around his ability, right? And um, your success is, was so, de- their success was so dependent on 
the plays he made in, in you know in replacing him the easiest thing is to say okay if we can replace him with something that's as similar as possible that's the best thing and that puts a lot of pressure on that person to try to play the way the previous person did as opposed to you know how he can play now they're you know they're there's similarities between them, so I, I, it's not this complete departure. He's not this six-five guy statue back there or anything like that. So it's not it's not that drastic of a change. But yeah, I think it's you know from my experience, that next person has to be the best version of himself. And to that measure, I think the guys around him have to realize that and, and probably raise their game up too. And, and um, that's challenging. I, I've I've lived through that on a couple occasions. It seems like watching it back from Saturday that the offensive line performed pretty well, actually, that they got pretty good push. So how do you hope to carry that momentum? And do you feel like that test was good for their confidence as they continue to evolve as a unit? Yeah, I think three games in and taking a big big picture look at it, I think our offensive line has played well. I think they're maturing. And, um, you know, uh, that game on Saturday was hard for them to have a real impact in particular, the way that stretch of sequence, the, the stretch of uh, series went when we had the one play interception, and we returned the kick. Um, it's 21-14. They come back, and, and we just to, to to really establish anything. I mean, and and get behind them was hard. But when they were, you know, what they were asked to do, I thought they performed well. And I think, you know, it was our hope that at somewhere during the season. I think we would say that, hey, we have a better offensive line than we previously did. And I, I don't know if we can quite say that yet, but I think we're getting there. Um, in, in the week-in, week-out uh, test within our conference, we'll, um, we'll play that, we'll play out, or allow that to play out, I guess. And, um, no, I think they're playing with the right amount of confidence. I think they're, they're communicating. I think they're still on edge, knowing that there's, a, there's guys behind them that could be, be put in. Um, we, we should get Titan Fleischman back. I think next week, you know, Titan got went down that, that very first first night um, we played McNeese. So, you know, it's um, it's a group that's coming along, and that's what we what's that's what we needed and we expected, and I've liked their progress. You have several guys defensively too that have uh, played a lot, but are sort of still coming into leadership roles like Callahan. I know Tyler Cobb's been a leader for a little while, but guys that are older now and, and they don't have Troy Anderson and Daniel Hardy and, and Amanda Williams to look to, so. What have you thought of those guys' growth uh, just first couple uh, weeks here in the season? Well, I think I think that's a good question. I think a game like Saturday tests that way more than the previous two Saturdays. And you know, and it might not even be in the moment on Saturday night, but it's it's the moments that occur through this week. Um, you know, when you see something, say something. I think that's always the hardest thing for an emerging leader um, is feeling comfortable. Um, when things aren't going quite the way you think they should. Um, should I say something or should I just uh, swallow it? And I think we need guys to keep keep learning how to do that. And I think we have guys that are capable of doing it. Um, you know, I think Ty and, and Callahan in particular, you know, up front we really don't have a um, an old guy per se. I mean, Kyle Riggs the oldest, but he's not out there. I think, uh, you know, Brody, you know, I think is one in particular that's got to keep keep stepping up even though he's he's fairly young um you know additionally i think in the in the secondary i i, I do think we need guys to keep emerging there too um 
but I think that's a fair fair assessment that um, you know we're still trying to probably find our way uh, find our voice a little bit on defense Brent Vegan here on Nuanas Now. It is our Montana State Minute presented by J&V Restaurant Supply. Go check out jvrestaurant.com. A few more minutes with uh, Coach Vegan as his team prepares to play Eastern Washington Saturday in Cheney. And the corners, they, they went up against, I mean, I thought that Oregon State group was very talented. There's really good receivers there. Is there a carryover there, too, just because, I mean, I know Eastern has really good receivers as well. I mean, you'll see good receivers in the big sky, but Probably not going to have as much team speed collected yeah. as what you saw on Saturday. Is there a carryover there? I think I, I think that does prepare us. I, I thought we played a little uh, passive. Um, you know, we didn't. You know, no, no ball got behind us, but a lot of balls got in front of us. So we got to find that line of, of being able to play a little bit more aggressive out there. And I think we have guys that are capable of it. Um, you know, certainly part of the plan going into a game against a team like Oregon State is to make them go the long, hard way and not give up big plays because they had big play capability um, at wide receiver, um, and they had shown that. So, you know, the flip side is you make them go the long, hard way, and they do. You know, they make plays over and over again on third down, and, and so I think we got to find that balance, but I do think having a game like that to maybe measure that, um, that will help us moving forward. And you guys won there last year, and there's so much made of Montana State and Montana's home field advantage, but Eastern has a great home field advantage as well. I mean, they've lost very few times on that red field goal since they went to the red you know, in 2010. So does it give you an element of confidence going there, knowing that you made this trip before? Yeah, I, I think you know a lot of people are like, why do we have to go there back-to-back? And understanding the new scheduling in the big sky, you can explain that pretty simply. Um, you know, They're an every-year opponent for us. You, your every-year opponents have to be split home and away. Um, so we, we go back there. We, we were able to go in there last year and, and, and play well enough to win, win that game. And that game took offense, defense, special teams. It took, um, it took all, all three phases. So I, I do think there's a level of confidence. I, I always think there's, um, it's helpful when guys have played in a venue. So a venue isn't brand new to them. Um, you know, and I think a lot has been made about the red turf, but they've been, they've been as consistent a program um, as there's been in our league, you know, through that stretch. So it's the, the turf is one thing, but their, their team's been really good for, for quite some time now. And they've had consistency um, and continuity in the coaching staff. Um, you know, Coach Best uh, following up Coach Baldwin and Coach Best haven't been on that, that, that staff before. So, uh, you know, I think we have to go in and, and play well. I think our familiarity with, with them as a team, having played them last year, um, Later in the year and playing on that field, I think will definitely help us. But it's not gonna, it's not gonna win us the game. And last thing for me on that note, they have had such a common, uh, such a consistent identity, and it's, it's so, everybody always talks about the quarterbacks, and the receivers, and the offense. But I've always thought they've always had uh, a very complementary defense with, with great team speed, especially in the secondary. Do you see that still? And then how, how would you just evaluate uh, Eastern's defense overall? Well, I, yeah, I thought they they'd made some strides last year for sure, and um, you know the, the speed being the the component that probably stood out the most. And I think they definitely have some active guys up front. Um, so no, I, I think they lost some guys, but I think they've replaced them with uh, comparable players. Um, 
I think the two games we have, I think Tennessee State was was a pretty athletic outfit on offense, uh, made some plays against them. Ultimately, they were able to, to pull that game out. And then I think we're all aware of what Oregon's capable of offensively, and, and that game got away from them. So I think that's the challenging part is new faces, probably not this this great body of work to judge, knowing that, that uh, we anticipate they're going to be a much improved team from both those first two games. Both of those first two games, I think we got to anticipate that. But no, I think defensively they've been built around speed and they continue to have it. Brent Vegan here on the Montana State Minute. It's presented by JNV Restaurant Supply. Go visit jvrestaurant.com. JNV Restaurant Supply, your home for everything kitchen. What's going on with the Grizz hockey program? Well, they have their first game of their second season next Friday. We also have free wings for you. Desperado Wing It Wednesday, uh, presented by the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill, plus some Grizz hockey insight. Next, keep it right here. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. At Jewelry Design Center, they can make anything you desire. We have branded jewelry that you'll see across the world and the country. And you have full access to our full manufacturing shop. You can look in the case. You don't have to start out designing something. You can see anything that we have in the case that customize it for your personal experience. Jewelry Design Center, now open in Missoula at 2501 Brook Street, across from the Montana Club. Jewelry Design Center, your jeweler for life. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. Well, Phoenix for you here on your radio dial. Hope you're having a great Wednesday. We're about to make it better. Welcome back. Nuwana's Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television and the new ESPN Montana app. We got free wings for you. Desperado Wing It Wednesday, back like they never left. Appreciate the Despo for their uh, continued support of us here uh, at ESPN Radio. They've been with us since the very beginning, celebrating our 10th anniversary back in February, and uh, the Desperado, uh, so great uh, to continue to support us. If you need a place to watch baseball right now, it's coming down the pipe. Uh, the pennant race is in full force. We're, we're 51 minutes into this show, and I didn't do what everybody else in the nation did today, and that was lead the show with baseball to talk about why nobody's talking about baseball. I found it so ironic that Mike Greenberg was like, why isn't anybody talking about baseball, and then did an hour of baseball today. <laughs> but Aaron Judge, if you hadn't heard, hit his 60th home run uh, last night. And I, I get the the, uh, the premise here. The, the premise is that... When Babe Ruth hit 60 home runs, I mean, there was a, there was a picture on Twitter from uh, when Ruth hit 60 for the first time of a couple newspapers, one the L.A. Times and one the, uh, actually, I think it was the, the, the afternoon paper in L.A. back in the day when there used to be morning and afternoon papers, the heyday of newspapers. Uh, and then there was also a, a screenshot of, of uh, a New York newspaper, and it was, it was the headline. It was, it was the front page, front and center Story. That's certainly not the case. I don't think Aaron Judge hitting 60 was on the front page of any newspapers that aren't in New York City today. But it is getting a little bit of traction. You know, maybe not as much as it, it once did, but and we're, 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 all, we're all part of it, right? Like, 
on one hand, I can sit here and do endless segments about baseball. What ails baseball uh, and all that. Uh, on the other hand, I think it's an it's a analysis and a referendum of us as a society, part of our, our lack of a love affair with baseball anymore. But also part of it is just that, you know, I mean, it's just a hell of a lot easier to have discussions about football. I mean, football is just so complicated. There's so many different elements of it. There's so many different factors that go into it. Plus, you have a whole week to talk about each game, too. So, I don't know. Anyways, that's all to say, if you are interested in the pennant race, you're interested in the home run race, head on down to the Desperado. They have baseball on all the time. They're about to have hockey on all the time as well, and Grizz Hockey is about to start next Friday. So, uh, any and all sports, great to watch at the Desperado. Also a fun place to watch some NFL as well, and it's a great place to eat some wings. We got a dozen wings for you right now. Call us, caller number four. 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. Caller number four, we have a dozen wings for you to the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. Uh, let's talk some Grizz hockey. Uh, the Grizz hockey season, season number two, as it were, uh, returns next week, Friday, uh, down there at Glacier Ice Rink, the Grizz hockey team uh, gets their uh, second season since their renewal of the program uh, up and going. Providence, who has been, uh, uh, excuse me, it looks like, well, actually, I, I, now I'm confused because I'm looking at the Grizz hockey schedule and it says Idaho, but I think that they they rescheduled with Providence and uh, Providence is everything I've heard. So that's what we're going to go with. Um, but they have tickets. Uh, available right now. They got reserved seating for 15 bucks, general admission tickets for 10 bucks. You can also get a student section ticket for $7. They also have season ticket options on uh, grizzhockey.com. What I find it really interesting uh, the way that they've built this program, uh, it, it's a club program. So it's uh, outside of the athletic department at the University of Montana. That has not held them back whatsoever. And in fact, I think it's been a little bit of an advantage because they do only have to worry about themselves and their own budget. There's so much revenue sharing that happens in a Division One athletic department. And so, and there's also a lot of programs that don't make any revenue. Um, so that is such an interesting fold because all the money goes into a pot. At the, at the Division One level, you have to abide by Title IX uh, rules and regulations. You have to offer uh, equity and scholarships for males and females. There are certain sports that are just inherently not going to make any money. One big misunderstanding, especially at the non-Power 5 level, is that there's a lot of football programs that don't make any money. There's a lot of football programs that flat lose money at the Division One level outside of the Power 5. So there's a whole bunch of, of hoops you got to jump through when you're part of a Division One athletic department. If you're a club sport, you are autonomous. You can manage your own mo- money. You can make your own budget, and then if you achieve that budget – that's your budget, whether it's for equipment or recruiting or gear. So you can have, uh, or, you know, venues or travel or whatever. So you can have upward momentum. So then with the Grizz hockey program, because they can then harness what was a awesome first year from the feedback and the enthusiasm from the community. Now, 
When you're selling out games, it's directly benefiting your bottom line, which then is directly benefiting your program as you use it then to upgrade your players, to upgrade your player experience, to upgrade your player uh, equipment and the ways that you get to and from games and all that sort of stuff. I, I, I often wonder if this is what the, the, the future of small school non-revenue sports are because you can turn a non-revenue sport into a revenue sport or you can prove the validity and or passion for a sport if you are independent, if you have sort of a club model. So we'll see. But I think these guys are doing a great job. They have promoted it incredibly well around the community. We're happy to have Grizz Hockey on our airwaves here at ESPN Radio. And uh, it'll be fun. It'll be fun to have Grizz Hockey back in town. So next Friday, uh, 7 p.m., puck drops there at the Glacier Ice Rink. Grizz Hockey season uh, underway. So we'll, we'll have uh, probably some coverage of that next week. We'll probably have uh, Tucker Sergeant, Mike Anderson, somebody from the team uh, in on the show. Uh, but stay tuned for it, and uh, each and every one of their games you'll be able to find here on 102.9 ESPN Radio in Western Montana, as well as on the ESPN Montana app. Hour one in the Bucks, hour two coming at ya. John Johnson, a guy with Montana and Big Sky Conference football ties. He is now the athletic director at Portland State. What a challenge he has in front of him. Can't wait to hear his vision, his foresight. He'll join us next here on Nuanas Now. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus. 